are back, and so is my voice. I drank a whole bottle of the magic spray, and I'm breakdancing like Baye. Was hoping it would do better than return me to normal, and I'd sound like Arlo White, but no such luck. But I still have some luck as I'm able to chase the spray down with this delicious Guinness, courtesy of my co-host, Brett. Looks good, doesn't it, pal? Hey, I just want you to be comfortable, have a good pod, so enjoy your beer, and say some crazy shit. Woo! Done and done. Uh, So let's get right into the crazy shit, shall we? Our first game this week is Liverpool. They are in second place on the table, 34 points, versus Aston Villa, 10th at 19 points. They're playing Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Liverpool is minus 450. The draw is plus 600. Aston Villa is plus 1,100. The spread at uh, minus 1.5. Liverpool is minus 155. Aston Villa is plus 135. All right. Stevie G's return to Anfield is definitely the biggest story of the weekend, which is not a great sign for the weekend. Without any Clash of the Titans on the fixture list, uh, we got narrative that kind of rules the day. Uh, Stevie G's riding high, though, winning three of his four matches at Aston Villa, including a 2-1 win over Leicester last week. Uh, Liverpool had been a bit down for them last week, which is winning 1-0 instead of 4-0. Salah created a goal out of they nothing. They got that clean sheet, though. They did they get that, that clean, clean sheet. sheet. Yeah, we'll hear about that later. A good team did a good thing. We know, we know. <laughs> uh, Salah created a goal out of kind of nothing. Seconds after the commentators were talking about how he had been contained all day, which is really part of his brilliance. Uh, for this week, I think Liverpool put the mercy in Merseyside and try not to embarrass the legend, but still win easily, forcing Gerard to slip further down the table. Get it, Brett? Ooh. Gerard, slip. Oh. Get it? Get it? Man, Shots I'm glad. Fired to Liverpool fans. Man, I'm glad he's back. Uh, <laughs> so, Brett, what have you taken from CBG's first four games in charge? Uh, it's weird, man. Um, so, CBG basically was cutting his teeth before moving up to the Premier League at Rangers in the Scottish Premiership. And I, I love how you're sipping the beer that Guinness right as I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> and Rangers profile was wild. So that, you know, that league isn't very good. It's a Scottish premiership. I I haven't really looked, but it's not going to be super high in the world rankings as far as league strength. Um, And Celtic, who's pretty much the flagship team in that league has not been very good, but he came in and like took Rangers and just basically rejuvenated that club. And they dominated possession. They, they had ridiculous score lines. Um, I think they won the league by like 20 points. They only gave up 10 goals. Um, It was pretty wild stuff. And it's weird because in the first four games of Villa, like his team hasn't had the ball. They played this like counterattacking 4-3-3. They haven't had more than 41% of possession. So it's like a complete reversal. He's like managing in the Premier League, almost like Rafa Benitez, which was like his manager during like the Liverpool glory years. Um, so it's, it's just strange. Like it's, it's been off putting to like, see him put together this like grinding, dominating, like possession dominating, uh, machine in the Scottish premiership and then coming to the premier league and then immediately just like completely playing without the ball, playing every match on the counter attack. Um, but they've been slightly better mostly cause like he's, I mean, a lot of things with like new managers that they just start playing the guys that should have been playing to begin with. Um, so like Emmy Buendia is playing a little bit more um, and he's was like the most creative player in the championship. He's like a young guy, creates a lot of shots. Um, Ollie Watkins is back on the side. 
Um, Danny Ings hasn't been playing uh, partly due to injury, uh, but that's a positive because Danny Ings is pretty high up washed mountain at this point in his career. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it it's been promising. I, you know, I don't know, you know, if it's going to last, you know, what his ideas are going to be. Um, we do get to see that marvelous Nakamba is playing in the midfield. So it's marvelous. <laughs> All right. So uh, you are the world's foremost CVG expert, it seems like. So what do you like in this game? Uh, I mean, I'm still back in Liverpool, man. I mean, it's it's like that Patriots team we keep talking about. Like, just keep jacking those fucking lines up, baby. And I'm just going to keep throwing my money at them. Um, li- like Liverpool is... You know, it was weird. They they had a Champions League match. Uh, they didn't. They rotated pretty much all of their squad except Mane and Salah. Um, Salah because I just think the dude would just throw a fit if you ever tried to like not play him in a match. Um, so, but I mean, it obviously hasn't slowed him down. I was a little hesitant about you know them coming off a Champions League game with those two guys playing. Uh, but then I remember that Villa like hasn't really created much in their attack. They've just been really stingy defensively. And I mean, they're playing once the, maybe the top attack in the world uh, when uh, this weekend. So I'm going to take the spread minus minus one twenty two, Liverpool minus 1.5 minus two. Um, I mean, I think it's not, I don't think the range is huge. Like I don't think this is like a three or four goal Liverpool game necessarily. Um, but I definitely think the range around two for them is pretty much a large part of what you can expect. Um, and then I'm going to hit the clean sheet again, baby. It's been good to oh. me. Oh my <laughs> that, gosh. What, what are the odds on the clean sheet this week? They've got to be going plus down. One, plus 120 for the clean sheet win. So we're losing a little bit. I think it was like plus 135 last week. Um, but, you know, Villa's got basically two good attackers and Ali Watkins and Emmy Buendia, that third spot. Uh, Leon Bayou came over from the Bundesliga. Could fill it, but he's out. Danny Ings might come back and play, but that's like a net negative for them. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the clean sheets looking pretty good. I just don't see that bill attack, especially because it's at Anfield. Like I just don't see them having too much of an opportunity to score a goal. That's a little bit fluky. Well, it's the only thing keeping you in the five pint pickoff. So you ought to keep doing it. And if they don't adjust the lines, we're all going to end up gambling at the book that you own. Cause you're going to be able to buy the whole place. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a little worried though, that basically people are going to think that we just tape the same episode of the show every week. Cause when they get to five pints, it's just going to be me saying, yeah, uh, just put three on Liverpool clean sheet. Win. <laughs> well, the only thing it's on repeat if they've had the five pints, but I think we're okay for right now. Uh, so for my prop this week, I'm going to take any of the Mane lines. I mean, we'll go over them in just a second, but Harvey Barnes ran rampage down the left last week for Leicester against Ashton Villa and Mane had to be absolutely licking his lips watching that game. Uh, some of the different props that are available are him as the first scorer at plus 400, any time scorer plus 125, or a kind of creative one I like at plus 230, you could get him to be the first or last goal scorer. Um, I think all of those, you know, have different merits, but I'm going to go ahead and swing for the fences just because he's so great. And I couldn't believe how free Harvey Barnes was last weekend. So I'm going to take him to get the opener at plus 400. I like it, man. I mean, Mane basically is transitioned into like a striker at this point. He's not, I mean, they, they play him on the left. He kind of has that winger label, but at this point, like he's basically a pure striker. He's Typically getting ahead in the box, him and, and Jota. Um, that's a good bet, man. I'm not going to steal it from you, but I like it. Uh, well, how can you steal it from me? You're always going to take the Liverpool clean sheet. Plus <laughs> I know, the I was going to say. Yeah. All right. <laughs> take both of them this week. <laughs> uh, moving to the second game. 
Manchester City, top of the table. Man, that hurts my heart. 35 points versus Wolves, who are eighth at 21 points. Saturday at 7.30 a.m. EST. Manchester City is minus 650. The draw is plus 750. Wolves are plus 1,700. The spread for minus 1.5. Manchester City is minus 190. The Wolves are plus 170. And just for fun, if you think the Wolves uh, can uh, stay even closer than that, a minus 0.5 spread is Wolves plus 500. Uh, so for the game, the Manchester City killing machine just rolls on, jumping out 3-0 on Watford before giving one back. Hilariously, I took Manchester City to win from behind, hoping that Watford would score first. I got a full three minutes of entertainment for my money with Manchester scoring after just five Watford touches. Nailed it. I mean, um, you should have learned your lesson. I told you at time of the pod, I'm the only one that can get away with picking Watford. That's ooh. it. We had it. They had their one moment in the sun after that picking Watford is just burning your money. That pause you guys just heard was me drinking my beer that Brett had to pay me for me beating him in the best <laughs> last week. So I'm not sure I'm taking his advice right now. Uh, on the other side of the field, the Wolves have been incredibly good at junking up games, with the latest example being staying within one of Liverpool last weekend. And speaking of junk, for those of you who think soccer isn't physical enough, go back and watch Connor Cody save a point-blank pile driver from Jota with his groin. Talking about <laughs> taking balls off the line. Am I right, Brett? Am I right? <laughs> I'd rather strap on a helmet and call TJ Watt a sissy than do what Cody did. The uh, <laughs> the Wolves haven't lost by more than one since September 18th. I like the plus money to extend the streak. For the player side, before you jump in and give your side, Brett, because I'm going to queue you up for another sitter, uh, I'm going to take a guy I know you really want to talk about. Jack Grealish lined up on the left last weekend but made run after run after run right down the center. Seems to be his time on the false nine Congo line Pep has going. I'm taking him to get three shots at plus 115 all day. So what do you think for the game and for Grealish in this false nine position? Well, let's uh, start with the last thing first. So it was, it was really interesting. Um, so City had kind of a meaningless Champions League game against RB Leipzig. Um, and after the game, uh, you know, they lost 2-1. And it was the whole, we spent $100 million on Grealish. They don't have a striker. You know, kind of dragging uh, Jack and his calves through the mud, which with the size of his calves, it's a pretty heavy load. Um, but the thing is, it's like Grealish was always going to be a weird signing for city in the sense that like he was amazing last year as the guy for Villa. And th this always happens. Like soccer is no exception. Any sport, when you go from being the guy on like a bad team or an average team, and then you move to a good team, your production always is going to like take a little bit of a hit and his raw productions his shots, his goals, his assists, those things have all definitely taken a hit. But where Grealish has value and like where City's still getting good value out of Grealish is he does two things really well. One, he dribbles the ball into the penalty area almost more than any other player in all of Europe's top five leagues. That's a pretty important thing. Obviously, the penalty area is like where the good shit happens. And Grealish is one of the best guys in the world at taking the ball from any location, getting into the box and causing problems. So eventually he's going to just create chances and he has been like there's a stat um you know kind of a, i guess it's not really that advanced because it's, it's called shot creating actions um but basically Grealish's shot creating actions are exactly almost on par this year at city as they were last year at villa where he lit the league on fire 
Um, and it, it just is always going to look weird. Like he's always going to be a player because he doesn't score a lot of goals and because assists are weird and random in soccer, but like he has a, a shit ton of value to a club. Maybe it's not going to be worth a hundred million, but it's not like city just burn that money by bringing in this guy. And, you know, Pep is kind of the king of like coming up with these really creative solutions for players that we just don't see coming. You know, the, the latest in the line was like Cancelo is like this inverted fullback slash midfielder. And he's like one of their most creative players now. And, you know, Pep turned the idea of what a fullback is, you know, right on its head. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, you know, another six months or a year, we're having the same conversation about Grealish. Um, but basically lay off, lay off my boy in his calves. All right, man, just lay <laughs> off my boy in his calves. He's good. Right. They're good. Um, I like, I, I do like the bet. And then as far as actual bets go, um, I mean, Wolves, we talked about a little bit last week. We went over the Davies system. Wolves attack stinks. Nobody wants to hear me go on another diatribe about that. So I'm going to take City uh, with the spread at minus 118 at, at minus two. I think it's just going to be hard for Wolves to score. And we know City's a juggernaut. They're going to pile on the chances. Again, you don't have a huge range on this. I don't think this is a match where City scores like three or four goals. Um, but I definitely think two to three is a pretty, pretty big part of the range. Uh, so I'm going to hit that for the overall spread. And then we get a little fancy here. I usually don't do this, but I'm going to take uh, uh, both teams to score or both teams to score prop. I'm going to go with no in the under of two and a half goals. Mm. I think a large part of this range is city winning either one Oh or two Oh that's plus plus one seventy five. I'm getting, I'm getting good money for it. I think it's a good play. That's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to probably make uh, some moves this month too in my, five point pickoff. Damn. I really might've stole that one from you. If I knew that one ahead of time, that's a great bet. I like, <laughs> I like one Oh, quite a bit. Uh, all right. So other things I like quite a bit are our final three games. But before we get to them, let's take a break. All right. We are back and we are heading to Arsenal, who are seventh on the table right now at 23 points versus Southampton, 16th at 16 points. Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Arsenal is minus 155. The draw is plus 295. Southampton is plus 425. The spread at just half a goal. Uh, Arsenal stays at minus 155 and Southampton is plus 135. So Arsenal is fresh off a 2-1 defeat to your beloved Everton. It's supposed to put a smile on your face. Uh, giving up a hat trick to Rickarlison, though only one of them counted to his unfortunate straight line blindness. Oh, that uh, didn't stop him from going on Instagram, though, and posting that he had a hat trick. So we're good there. Yeah, no, he probably really believes that. In that legend's mind, he had a hat trick. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't think he got four. Uh, so... <laughs> They're a ho-hum team, and they got another ho-hum team in Southampton. I'm repeating some of the same things we talked about last week. If I woke up at noon on Saturday, which is a distinct possibility, except for that I now have three kids, uh, you told me the score, no result would really surprise me this week. So if no result's really going to surprise me, I'm taking Southampton on the spread uh, at plus 135 since I'd win with two of the three possible outcomes. All right. So I'm going to call you out here again because this Chelsea bias is coming back into play. Uh, Southampton is going to be starting Chelsea legend, uh, Willie Caballero, who they just signed off the street because Frazier mm -hmm. Forster and Alex McCarthy are both out. So are you sure uh, we can give you a redo here? You can pick another line or you just trust your boy Caballero that much. Hey, he's a Chelsea legend. 
he learned behind the best and then learned behind another best and learned behind another best after that. I'll take my boy <laughs> Willie all day. Yeah, I mean, that, that honestly is the only thing I like the bet. Um, Southampton is actually with the underlying numbers. You know, we had the conversation about that on the last pod about how Arsenal are really weird and their underlying numbers are not great. Um, you could pick and choose some things, but for the most part, it points to what you talked about. They're pretty average or maybe even a below average side. So Southampton are actually seventh in the table in terms of um, expected goal difference per 90. Um, so they're the Arsenal 16th. So they're actually per the underlying numbers, the better team, which is why I think your bet is actually a good play. If they weren't starting oh, actually a completely huh? washed. Love the actually. You're shocked <laughs> to have a good bet for once. Yeah. Actually, well, I mean, actually made sense. I'm literally watching you drink your victory. Um, <laughs> no, but, but I, I, you know, the, the thing with having a goalkeeper, you know, kind of coming off the street, I, I, you know, we, we, we have no real way of seeing exactly all the little things that goalkeepers do to add value to a team, but it just seems like kind of one of those red flag things. If you're going to pick Southampton to win. So that draw line at plus 285 uh, seems a little bit little bit more like a better place to put your money. Um, you know, especially if our boy Caballero just basically fumbles one right into his own goal, uh, which is a distinct possibility. Uh, so I think the draw to me, this is two pretty average ish teams is a good place to go with your money. Um, and then I'm going to be a little bit risky with the, the prop and I'm going to hit the over of two and a half, three on even money. Because I think Southampton's pressing is going to kind of open up this match and make Arteta's super slow-mo pass the ball from side to side like it's going through mud. Shit, kind of have to play up a little bit. So I could see some goals happening, um, especially with the goalkeeper that hasn't basically played all year in net for Southampton. Um, so I'm going to actually take a little bit of a gamble. I don't think it's a huge edge, but I do like that. It's even money. So I'm going to go with that over two and a half, three. Yeah. I mean, Caballero only really matters if they could hit the frame and Obama Yang was about 50 feet left to win the game <laughs> the other night. So Caballero can stay on the street. They can play with an empty net and it won't matter if they can't get it on target. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going That's back to point. the well and, uh, I'm taking total corners under again in an arsenal game this week. I'm taking the full game total under 10.5 minus 128. I mean, you make a good point about the pressing. You know more stuff about this than I do, but uh, I still expect there to be a lot of slow play throughout the midfield. Not as many daring dashes forward from either side. I won with this bet last week in the first half. I like it again this week until they prove they are going to engage in an up and down game. So just like your Liverpool and clean sheet and a win, I'm going to keep betting this one until they prove me wrong. Nothing wrong with that, man. All right, so let's head over to Norwich, who is dead last in the table and 10 points versus Man U, who's six and 24 points. This is Saturday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Man United is minus 240. The draw is plus 400. Norwich is plus 650. The spread, minus 1.5. Manchester United is plus 130. Norwich is minus 150. And if you're wondering why we're talking about this game, since Norwich is bottom of the table and Manchester United is richer than God, it's because Tottenham uh, has a massive COVID outbreak and might play with, I don't even know, did they announce that today, Brett? 
Uh, not that I've seen. I mean, we're recording on Thursday night. Um, I haven't seen what's going on with that. I mean, I know that they've been basically trying to be extra cautious. I mean, we don't even know how many active players they can roll out there at this point. Yeah, they had to cancel the European match today. We don't know if they're actually going to play Sunday, so we couldn't talk about that game. But I do want to see them go out with only 12 people eligible and Deli Ali still sitting on the bench. Uh <laughs> All right, so for this game, I'm not going to overthink this one. Norwich has scored the fewest goals in the league and has allowed the most. Man United players still need to work hard to impress the new manager as he's in a unique situation where he isn't coaching for his job long-term and therefore actually bench any player he wants without worrying about uh, long-term consequences. As a result, everyone must still really get after it, and if those superstars give it their all, they are going to absolutely pound Norwich. So for the game, I'm going to take them to win by at least two at plus 130. And for my prop, I'm going to take them to score in both halves at plus 126. Well, you and I are going to be at odds. I'm going to channel the spirit of Stephen Naismith. And I am going to try to, I'm going to see if my Watford bet was a fluke or if I actually can see when shitty teams are going to do good things. Oh my God. Don't I am do going it, to take, don't do it. Don't do the it. Norwich spread at <sighs> minus 122 at plus one, plus 1.5. And it's mostly because <laughs> he shakes his head. <laughs> it's mostly because we still have no like clue what this United team is about. Right. So there were some really promising signs in their first match against Palace, but like they also needed a Fred Warner goal to be Crystal Palace. So I think they're going to be pretty stingy defensively. Um, you know, they, they didn't give up too many chances to Palace, but Palace is also not a good attacking team. You know, there's plenty of promise. Ronaldo had eight pressures, uh, which is by far and away his season high with the next highest total being four. Um, they started kind of unlocking Harry Maguire a little bit. Uh, Maguire had uh, nine passes into the final third and five progressive passes, which are passes of 10 yards or more moving the ball towards the opponent's goal. And his season averages in both of those respectively was four and two and a half. So you're seeing that Rangnick like verticality, like get the ball at the field, kind of aggressive attacking style to match the pressing, like starting to get into place. But at the same token, they didn't really create much. And we know that this is kind of like a piecemeal team that doesn't fit together great. We don't know if Ronaldo's going to, you know, make it work. I mean, he's his shooting locations were not great. He took five shots, but only created about uh, 0.2 XG. So basically in his five shots, he still only gave himself about a 20% chance of scoring a goal, essentially. Um, and Norwich under, under Dean Smith has been a little bit better. So they've smartly got away from Daniel Farka was playing this back three and essentially he was choosing uh, to play Ozan Kabak instead of some of their like actual sort of promising young attackers like Todd Cantwell um, or American Josh Sargent, who I guess really isn't that promising because he doesn't score goals, but uh, it's a, it's an upgrade in overall value to play one of those guys instead of like a pretty mediocre center back. Um, and for the most part, like they were getting railroaded under Farka and since Dean Smith has taken over, they really haven't been, you know, basically a doormat. Um, and I, I'm not sold that United is either not going to leak a goal as they get used to the new pressing system, or they're going to be able to put up more than more than one because the, the attack just hasn't looked, you know, didn't look that impressive. Like there's promising signs, but it's not like they just buried Palace in an avalanche of shots. Um, and, you know, again, Rangers only have one week to work. 
And Smith has been there since about uh, November 15th. So he's had a little more time trying to get Norwich into like somewhat coherent and out of the Farca, just get run over by everybody <laughs> uh, mode. So I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to try to take them with the spread. I just, it's more a bet that I don't see United as a team that's ready to pull away and just smash teams at this point. Um, not anything in my faith in Norwich. So I'm going to take the spread there. Oh my God. I, I opened my comments by saying, I'm not going to overthink this one. And you were like, clear out. Let me go to the other side of that one. I'd say it was like a hold my beer meme, but you haven't won any yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had to do something to spice it up here, man. I, I, I've been really vanilla with the Liverpool clean sheets and the five point. Let's get a good video oh. clip. Get me hitting on Norwich, baby. This I want to go two for, for help. Two this is a cry for help. Put your spreadsheets down. Go outside. They've, <laughs> they've given up the most goals and they scored the least. Like, I don't care how long Manchester United had to practice. It's fucking Norwich. <laughs> there are a lot of valid points in that analysis right there. <laughs> Holy um, shit. All right. So what do you like my prop? prop? My prop is going to be, though, the Manchester United clean sheet win. Um, at plus 150, I could. I think a huge part of the range of this game is 1-0, which hits on both bets. Norwich covers, and United gets a clean sheet. I, I, again, I'm not convinced that Norwich is like all of a sudden going to explode at the table under Dean Smith, but I think that they can make this game muddy and ugly enough that they can hang within the goal, but I don't think they're going to actually score. All right. Well, when we're watching Baye do his Spider-Man twist after the fifth goal, I'm going to make sure I text you to get your reaction. I'm just going to try to find a way to scrub this video from the internet. (laughs) All right. Uh, Final game of the weekend. Chelsea in the third, boo, 33 points versus Leeds, 15th, 16 points, Saturday at 9 a.m. Chelsea is minus 330. The draw is plus 500. Leeds is plus 900. The spread is minus one and a half at Chelsea's minus 110 and Leeds is minus 105. So very even odds on that bet. Uh, all right. So I wish I was wrong last week, uh, but unfortunately was right about Chelsea dropping points from West Ham and being displaced at the top of the table. Uh, I think we're going to find out very quickly in the next three weeks if they're going to be locked into third place for the rest of the season or if they can actually sniff a real title challenge to the two juggernauts now above them. Giving up four leads in two games, including the game uh, in the Champions League on Wednesday, is obviously extremely concerning. The injuries are a real, real problem. They came into the year with tremendous depth, but even though, uh, but even that has their limits, and we're seeing them now. And look, Mendy was largely responsible for two of the three goals versus West Ham, and I can't remember the last time he was even responsible for one. So I'm willing to write that one off as a bad day since he's been so incredible otherwise for the last year. And Tuchel, I trust, even in a time of mini crisis. I believe they'll bounce back, and I believe they'll get a win against the lower place Leeds team. But these injuries, and particularly in the midfield, scare the absolute hell out of me. Well, you know, the sign of a healthy club to me is when you're owned by a Russian oligarch, you buy a midfielder who's so shitty in the midfield he can't even make it through full games. So then you just have to put him on the field at left wing back. That's definitely the sign of a healthy club, right? That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Saul, so- Saul. Yeah, yes. left wing back after he bombs out of the midfield. No, I mean, it is unfair. Like chill, the Chilwell injury, uh, I think is going to be one of those things that when you look back at the end of this season and maybe Chelsea's possible inability to not break into the top two, that's going to be something you're going to look at. Cause it's basically left. Alonso is the only viable option out there. 
Um, the midfield injuries are obviously huge, especially because, you know, Kovacic and Conte are just really fucking good. And when those guys don't play, Chelsea's a different team. Um, and again, we haven't really seen if, you know, Rom's overall impact is going to lead to more points. Um, but that said, these are bad. They're just, they're bad, man. Um, especially with Patrick Bamford out, their attack has taken a hit. Um, they, they are the only team in the Premier League that has not played one of the three juggernauts. They're obviously playing Chelsea this weekend, but they haven't played Liverpool or City either. And despite that, they still have the seventh worth worst XG differential and they haven't gotten their beat down <laughs> top three clubs. That's a problem. I think it means that we're looking at a team that's way closer to the relegation scrap than they are to the mid- middle of the table. So I, despite the injuries, I'm going to take Chelsea with the spread at minus 1.5 at minus 115. I just don't see Leeds attack without Bamford being able to create much. Like they've kind of whiffed on a bunch of their signings. Um, you know, Rafinha has been okay, but you know, Daniel James is not a goal scorer. Uh, Jack Harris, Harrison was uh, playing for an uh, MLS team at one point. Uh, so it goes there. And then they bought, you know, um, Rodrigo from, uh, I believe it was Valencia and, but they kind of bought him on the wrong side of the age curve and he just hasn't come over here and produced. So I just don't see where the goals are going to come from this match. And then leaves this defense. It, they're going to open up the game and you're going to have maybe a front three of Pulisic, Rom and Werner running around in all this open space just spells trouble. So I'm going to take the spread there and then I'm going to ride my boy Timo in a player prop. I've missed every single fucking one of these, but I'm going to hit it this week. Oh, just Plus like Timo shooting a goal. You missed everyone exactly. just like Timo trying to get it on target. It's a, it's a sign. Timo scored, so I'm going to hit right now. <laughs> I no more missing sitters. I'm going to take Timo at plus 145 to notch a goal. This game, if he starts, is tailor-made for him. Leads are going to be leave the field open. He's going to have acres of space to run in. He may literally just run into an open goal where he just can't miss the shot. So I'm going to take that plus 145. I think it's good money. I think he's going to wreak havoc if he plays. So overall, man, as as down as you're signing on your own club, still think they might they might have a beat down on their hands this weekend. Yeah, well, the sign of an actually healthy club is when you can send Saul back to Spain and replace him with Connor Gallagher, our Lord and Savior. Meanwhile, if Saul signed for Everton, you would still be partying from the parade. So I've said feel pretty <laughs> good about my team. Uh, and I see this game completely differently than you do. So this is going to be a really interesting uh, comparison next week. I see goals and goals and goals galore in this game, no matter how bad leads are. Uh, while I think they will win, watching them play midweek, it's clear the injuries are opening up huge swaths of ground at both ends. The lineup they started in the Champions League was absolutely hilarious. They uh, played their best wing back in midfield. They played their worst wi- midfielder at wing back. And then they paired that with their seventh choice center back and put two strikers up front. So what do you know? There were six goals in the game. Um, with Conte, Jorginho, and Kova all still unavailable, the middle of the pitch is going to be chaos. There's going to be huge opportunities on both sides as every other player available is dying to charge forward. Barkley, Loftus-Cheek, Mount, or just plain dying, Saul. I assume that's why he's playing so bad. Uh, I think at least three balls end up in the back of the net, and I was really tempted to take four. Give me the over on total goals at minus 160. Four is plus 160 if you have bigger balls than me or Connor Cody. So that brings (laughs) us to the five-pint pickoff. 
Uh, while I'm currently enjoying my November winnings and watching having Brett watch me, uh, it's Brett who jumped out to a slight lead in December. My five pint, five pints last week came back as five point two, thanks to City Pool and United all taking care of business. But Brett is riding high at seven points after stacking his drinks behind Liverpool to keep a clean sheet bet yet again. His go-to comes through for him. Uh, to make my comeback this week, here's what I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with Man U, minus 1.5, plus 130 for one pint. I'm going Man U, minus 1.5, plus Man U to score in both halves on a same-game parlay. That pays out at plus 420 for one pint. Not Brett hates both Come of those bets, makes baby. it even Come sweeter. Come on, Norwich, baby. Uh, uh, Arsenal and Southampton under 10.5 corners is minus 128. And Chelsea to win plus over 2.5 goals as a parlay is minus, I'm sorry, it's plus 112 for one pint. And then finally, I'm taking, as long as Grealish starts, I'm taking him three or more shots at plus 115. Obviously, check your lineups the hour before game time to see if he's in the starting lineup. If he's not, slide that pint back over to that Chelsea bet. So that's where I stand for the week. Where are you looking, Brett? Uh, well, let's just get it out of the way. Uh, go ahead and throw three pints on that <laughs> Liverpool clean sheet win. My God. Plus 120. <laughs> going to just ride that horse, baby, until it bucks me. Uh, then I'm going to throw one on uh, the city bet that I was talking about. Uh, the under of, of two and a half goals in both teams to score plus 175. And then the last one, it's going to be my boy Timo. Come on, baby. Got to get me a goal. Plus 145. If Timo doesn't play... Um, I actually will will move that pint over to the draw at plus 285 in the Arsenal-Southampton game. But I need my boy Timo to come through for me. Just don't miss one you know, right in front of the goal. I just don't need that in my life right now. Oh, well, that's even money. So I, if you can place, will he miss a shot he should make? Actually, that might even be minus like 200. I was going to say, you're, you're definitely, you're not getting money for that. <laughs> All right. Well, it's worth noting that in our first three weeks together, we have not had a losing week yet. Uh, so thank you, Liverpool, for never giving up a goal and always winning. Otherwise, we <laughs> might actually break that streak. Um, in the meantime, we really hope you enjoy the games this week and come back and join us next week as we continue to play our interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. Thanks for listening. Oh, we did forget one thing. I think uh, are we contractually obligated yet to shout out Aaron Ramsdale at this podcast? We've done it in the first few. So, well, hey, I don't know Aaron. if we're contractually obligated or not, but I, I will say that it was absolutely hilarious when they kicked the ball in the kickoff back to Ramsdale as if he just touching the ball, giving them the best point chance of scoring. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, screw the advance again. Screw anything else. We're going to kick it back to our keeper and see if he can score from 110. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> see, there it is. We just gave him the positive love again. Aaron, we are open to sponsorship. Just give Toby a call. Come see me, Aaron. All right. Enjoy the games, everybody. Take care, y'all.